Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, welcome back to The Lake Show on News Talk 830 WCCO. You know, one of the things that I like to do is, is talk sports and have fun with people that I enjoy having conversations with. And I also like to give people their flowers uh, when we have the opportunity to give them their flowers. And and that phrase has been used throughout the years about just showing and acknowledging and honoring people that have just been great in their profession and in their field. And uh, our next guest joining us on the John Schuster Cole Baker Hotline is a longtime educator and longtime um, prep sports columnist and reporter for the uh, Minnesota Spokesman Recorder, Dr. Mitchell McDonald is joining us now here on the Lake Show. This is first time actually being on the show because we've had Charles Holman on many times, and Charles got his flowers covering the women's uh, Final Four, and he was has been greatly acknowledged the last couple of years on outstanding coverage and a great career of covering uh, women's athletics. But uh, Mitchell. I'm happy to have you on the show tonight and, and talk, man, because I you don't just cover just the prep scene, because, but because you cover you know Timberwolves basketball and other sports. But uh, happy to finally have you on the show, man. How you doing? I'm doing good, um, and I appreciate um, you having me on, Henry. Yeah, it's ab- good to be here. Absolutely. All right. So, so one of the things that I just enjoy about you is just number one, man, your overall passion for covering specifically prep sports tell me a little bit about where that passion came from and actually when you first started covering prep sports well my passion for high school sports you know particularly uh it was football basketball and track but but you know basketball um was in 1979 uh there was a twin cities basketball game between saint paul central and minneapolis north and my father, Kwame McDonald, um, was covering sports at that particular time. And he said, I want you to come to this game with me, um, I, and we're going to um, see Big Ben Coleman play. I'm like, who's Big Ben Coleman? Didn't know who he was. <laughs> ben Coleman uh, played for, uh, you know, for Minneapolis North. And I was from St. Paul, and I lived in the Central neighborhood, so I knew all the players on Central. So they were playing in this big game called the Twin City. I was in eighth grade. Yep. And so I really didn't know much about it and went to the game. It was jam packed, a lot of enthusiasm on both crowds. That was kind of when the rivalry started um, with um, Minneapolis and St. Paul central. And they kept meeting in the twin city game um, throughout the 1980s. And that was where my passion began. I started going to the games with my dad. Um, that was the first high school game I had gone to. And then I kept going, started going with him to the games and, Develop that passion uh, for sports, and particularly at the high school level. That's that's awesome, man. Um, and, and 
For those of you listening, um, yes, Mitchell's father, Kwame McDonald, longtime civil rights activist as well as longtime uh, writer himself, uh, specifically at the Spokesman Recorder, um, he he is he is the uh, the man that got uh, Mitchell in the situation that he's in in terms of that that lifelong love for sports and covering the prep scene. So you start diving into the prep scene and. I know one thing about you in terms of covering these high school athletes is you love to really get their story, man. And I think it takes a special person and an inquisitive person to really want to cover these young people and really talk about what makes them tick and why they are such good athletes and good students when they are in high school. Well, it's kind of interesting because when, when my father um, covered um, and, and covered sports, he wanted to focus on getting in conversations with people and then highlighting people that normally don't get highlighted in addition to the ones um, who were getting all of the um, recognition. And, you know, that's kind of where uh, my passion uh, ended up being. Um, At the beginning, um, I wasn't much of a person that wanted to go and interview people and talk to them. I just really just wanted to write what I saw. And my father taught me that, you know, you would need to have conversations to develop relationships um, with people. And, you know, long, on down the line, you know, they remember, you know, that you were there, um, you know, taking an interest in them and, and highlighting them. And not only that, but getting to know them as people. Yeah. So that's um, and, you know, I, I admit I still have to work on that uh, quite a bit because I do like to go to the games and just highlight what people do. Um, but, you know, um, every now and then and then now even more, you know, stories pop up and people want to talk to you and people want to um, share their stories with you. Yeah. And that ends up being a lot more interesting sometimes than just me going out shooting pictures and then, you know, um, you know, printing or writing about um, and publishing about what they do. Yeah. Well, you know, you're, you're not standing photographer as well. That, that should be noted. But let me ask you this. Do you think that one of the reasons why you're so good at covering prep sports is because of your background as an educator and teacher? Well, I think, I think it helps me because um, I've been teaching as long as I've been writing, um, which is uh, this is uh, my 36th year um, in both. And, you know, it, you know, it does um, help to know because I know the high school scene. I know, like, what the students go through during the day. Um, what the student athletes go through during the day, um, going to class and then, you know, having a, you know, having a practice and, and, you know, learning the um, concept of teamwork mm-hmm. and me being there during the day helps me understand, you know, if, a, if a, all of a sudden um, a student's not going to play who's averaging 26 points a game. And then, you know, there are people in the crowd going, well, he should be playing. He's good. Well, something might've happened at school that day. Because I, because that's what happens sometimes. Yep. Or something might have happened in practice. You know, we, we don't think about that. We just think about he's averaging or she's averaging twenty points a game, or and that, he, that they should be playing. Yep. Yep. No, so I hear you on that. Perspective. Yeah, we're talking to uh, Mitchell McDonald from the uh, Minnesota Spokesman Recorder here on the Lake Show on News Talk eight three zero WCCO. Does a phenomenal job of covering the prep scene and covering any scene that he's a part of. Because I see him at the Timberwolves games all the time. Um, let me get to this here, man. I, I, I'm looking here at the uh, the Minnesota State High School League, their website, uh, mshsl.org. 
And they came out in 2015 and started this Outstanding Media Service Award that started in 2015. And mm-hmm. in 2020, they have because they have a print division and an electronic division. Electronic division is typically, you know, radio personalities and stuff like that. In 2020, Dave Lee from WCCO and Channel yes. 45, he won that award. And right next to him in the print division is yourself, man. How did that make you feel to win that award? Um, you know, people, people talk about, uh, you know, you know, it's really not, you know, you know, being humble and, and, uh, you know, you know, people talk about, well, you know, it's, it's not that big of a deal and, you know, people like to be humble and all that, but I'll be honest. I think, I think we all at one time, we want to be recognized. Mm -hmm. We, we want that recognition and it's always good to get it. You get it, um, definitely from your peers, and definitely from, definitely from, I can say, um, your peers and then um, people who have had a big part um, of the high school scene. Yep. And, you know, the high school league has done a good job of that. So to be recognized by, by that organization, to be recognized with Dave Lee um, is even, is even um, you know, a good honor um, in itself. Uh, because, you know, we, we joke about it um, quite a bit whenever we run into each other. So we have that in common. And, you know, the interesting thing is that the interesting thing is that when you, when you get, when you get recognized for something, you start thinking about all of the other people that helped you along the way. And there's a lot to name, Um, you know, my dad being one, because he was the, he was the one that, you know, kept telling me that, um, you know, I could do it. You know, and, you know, when I found out that I had that award, um, I was very, very, very happy um, simply because, you know, I watched my dad get a lot of awards. And, you know, I always wish that he he was here to see all of this, but uh, it made me feel real good. Um, it makes me feel real good whenever um, I'm recognized, uh, you know, for something that I have a passion for and for something that I really take seriously. Yeah. We're talking to Mitchell McDonough from the Minnesota Spokesman Recorder here on the Late Show on News Talk 830 WCCO. All right, so let's talk about your dad for a second and uh, for a couple of minutes. And, and if I happen to get emotional, please bear with me. Um, if you happen to get emotional because it's your pops, uh, I will bear with you Um, So, because it's understandable. Um, we lost your mm-hmm. father back in um in 2011. And um, I'm always miss your father, man, because he was somebody that um, very much supported me, um, always had kind words, always had some knowledge and wisdom to drop on me and just a a community person. He wanted the best for our state. He wanted the best for our city. He wanted the best for St. Paul and he wanted the best for people that he came in contact with individually. One of the things that I love to this day and I'll never forget it was um, when your father had his diagnosis of cancer um, was it was one of those situations where your father was so loved by the Twin Cities, was so loved by the sports community, was so loved by those um, that wanted a better um, community overall, whether it's through, you know, civil rights action um, that he participated in or just in the educational field and realm in the arts or whatever it may be. I remember there was um, 
something for your father at Central High School, man. I don't. I, you you probably remember that. Uh, I know I remember because I know that the place was packed. There was not a seat to be had in the auditorium, and I just remember being in there, man, when uh, people wanted to acknowledge your father's greatness. Yeah, um, that was a very, very, very uh, a special night. Uh, I, at the time, I at the time they were planning it. Um, they planned it um, after they found out he had two weeks to live. Mm-hmm. And I was in the hospital from the stress. I was in the hospital with pneumonia um, when I found out uh, because he he came after one of his uh, chemotherapy treatments and told me. Um, and I was laying in my hospital bed, and he was in a and he was in a wheelchair um, um, with a with a friend of mine who had walked him up. And it was very it was it was very interesting. You know, I can I can I can talk about it now because you know at the time you know um, you know he kind of just kind of blurted out the news. I, I just said, "What are you doing here? You're supposed to be at your treatment." And he said, "I was already at my treatment." <laughs> and then he you know and, that, and, then, and then I said, "And your dad was yeah. giving it to you right there." <laughs> yeah, you know, so I'm sitting here like, and then, and then he told me, and he said, "I was already at my treatment." So well, you know what? And so I'm like, "Well." what's going on? And then he said, I have, yeah, I have two weeks. And then I not really understanding what's going on. I like two weeks to do what, you know? And then he said, live. So, you know, we're about to have our emotional moment. And then, um, um, the, uh, the nurse comes in, the nurse comes in and they see dad and they go, because dad had been in the hospital. on So he's very popular with everybody in the hospital because he was there quite a bit. And then they're like, look who's here. You know, it's Kwame. And then my dad, they said, how are you doing? And then my, my dad's smiling. He says, well, you know, I got a couple of weeks to live, but I'll be okay. And then the nurses start crying. So we're consoling them. Mm-hmm. That's the interesting part about that. Where, you know, where, you know, he's saying it's going to be all right. I'm good, this and that. And I can kind of smile about that now because that's the way he was. Yep. You know, he's consoling them. And, you know, it was, it was, uh, it was an interesting um it was an interesting moment because my mom had passed the year before and he was staying so it was just me and him so it was um it was a real um interesting um time yep. uh being um being with him i didn't understand really the magnitude until um you know after he passed and you know, in all the recognition, um, uh, the love, and then um, you know, he comes from a big family. He was the oldest of nine, mm. so he come, you know, so he comes from a big family. We were a small family, but but you know, um, you know, at his celebration, at his homegrown celebration, you know, uh, it was packed with family, yep. and uh, I was the last one to come out you know, with the procession and people were wondering, was I ever going to come out? <laughs> there were so many people coming yeah, out yeah. <laughs> to represent the family. But, you know, um, it was, a, uh, you know, he meant so much to everybody Yep. and not just he, you know, not just in the twin cities, you know, we've lived in other places and he made his mark in New York city, New Brunswick, New Jersey, Durham, North Carolina, uh, Bremerton, Washington, you know, there, there are people that still want to, um, celebrate, uh, his life. Yeah, no, no question about it. And and and, and let me tell a quick story. I, I think that Mitchell, you've been in the room 
when I said this story before, and I and I, I first related to some young people um, at the uh, the Winfield Awards um, of a few years ago. But I want us to, to talk about it here on air as well because I think it's it uh, it suits the occasion and it's it's timely. Just thinking about uh, your father Kwame and just how phenomenal a human being he was. But um, I I didn't know. Um, well, I was at school one day. And after I got off from school, um, I stopped at a Cub food store in North Minneapolis. I'm right there on Lindell and Broadway. And so mm-hmm. as I'm getting ready to walk out of the um, the store, at the door coming in is your colleague and your dear friend. And he's been on the show. He's on the show all the time. It's Charles Holman from the Minnesota mm-hmm. Spokesman Recorder. And Charles sees me. And he says, hey, Henry, you know, you know, how, how you doing, whatever. And oh, yeah, I'm good. I'm just a little bit tired, man. I'm just getting off from work, whatever. I'm going to go um, take a nap and just kind of, you know, lay down for a little bit. And I actually I don't have to, you know, do a do a night show tonight. I just, you know, I'm off. So I'm just going to, you know, rest up or whatever. And he says, well, you know, I just I'm glad that I saw you. I was going to call you anyway. But I just wanted to let you know, since I'm seeing you here, is that, um, you know, Kwame is kind of, you know, he's nearing the end and and he's um, on the verge of passing. And so, um, you know, that hit me and I said, man, Charles, thanks for letting me know. I appreciate that. Um, and, and I just I, I left with my food and, and he went to, you know, getting to doing his shopping and stuff like that. And so I get home and uh, I eat a little bit and then um, I get ready to uh, to like take a little bit of a, of a nap. Right. And so I start taking a little bit of a nap and um, I said, you know, I'll get up from this nap and then um, I'll go to venture off to uh, to go visit your pops. And so, um, you know how, like, when you get into a nap um, and it starts getting good to you, then you start making excuses about why you're going to delay something, right? And then I started thinking, and I was like, man, I was like, you know what, um, man, I'm not sure if if, if I want to, you know, see Kwame, um, you know, in, in whatever state that he's in. And I started coming up with all of these different, like, excuses, right? Because they, they, legitimately they were excuses in my head. I'm too tired. I'm too this. I'm too that. I don't want to see him this way and all this. Stuff. And then I started thinking about it, and I said, well, hold on, man. I said, what are you talking about? I said, if you don't get your butt up right now because this is your last <laughs> opportunity to go see your friend, and if you were near an end, you might want somebody to come see you as well, right? So, so I saw I got up. And I went over um, to visit him in over in St. Paul in hospice. Um, it was right right around the corner from from Bennett's, the uh, the uh, the the restaurant there, right off of Seventh mm-hmm. almost. And so mm-hmm. um, I got there, and the woman said to me before I, I came into the room, she says, "Hey, um, just so you know, um, there won't be um, a, a whole bunch of a communication between you and him, but trust me, he hears everything that you're saying to him, right?" And mm-hmm. so um, I walk into the room. I grabbed uh, the newspaper off of the uh, off of the desk. Um, I fire up the television. I think that Georgetown and somebody was playing um, on on Monday night. Uh, it was like a, it was like a big Monday, right? College basketball. And so I'm watching some hoop, and I'm watching the and then I'm, and I'm reading the paper to your father. I'm reading the paper to your father and just letting him know thanks for all of the the wisdom, the knowledge, the inspiration, and for everything that he that he meant to me mm-hmm. and um mm-hmm. and it was just our <clears throat> moment and, and your guys's neighbor came in after that and so i knew when they were coming in to visit with your father that it was time for me you know to move on and my time was up and so the reason why i tell that story sometimes to young people is because i went home that night got a good night's sleep 
woke up the next morning, and your father had just passed away. And I Mm -hmm. tell young people all the time, if you care about somebody, if you love somebody, if somebody means something to you, please let them know. Because if I had a stall and waited and said that I will go and see your father the next day or the next morning, it never would have happened. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why I try to tell people, do what's on your heart in that moment. Yep. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's um, you know, it's very, very, very uh, important. And, you know, that was the one thing that uh, I'm very thankful for is that, you know, my parents came, my parents moved back here and lived with me, um, you know, in their final days. Yep. So we, so we were able to talk about a lot of things and we were able to get even closer than we were before, um, because of that. So, you know, when they passed, um, it was very, um, how can I put it? Um, I could say kind of complete, you know, we, yep. we talked about everything. We, you know, we, we closed everything up. There was nothing left unsaid. So, so, you know, so, you know, so I, I cherished those moments. Now don't get, you know, and it's interesting you say, because when they, you know, when they were first coming to move back in with me, you know, I wasn't, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. You know, they were healthy then, you know, I wasn't (laughs) jumping up and down. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. I know. I feel you. (laughs) Come back in. Hey, come back with me or what have you. But, but. Um, people don't know this, but what ended up happening was they 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 were living in Bremerton, Washington, and uh, you know, and then my mom and dad were like, "Well, we're coming back yep. to Minnesota," and you know, I'm sitting there like, "Well, where are you where are you going to live?" You know, and, you know, I'm thinking, "Okay, yeah, yeah, you know, y'all not coming here." And my dad's <laughs> last you know. my dad's last words were yep. with, with that was like, "We're going to stay with you until we find something." Well, I knew what that meant. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That meant I'm going to go looking for anything once they got in. Uh, yep. Yep. But, but, you know, but Henry, but what happened after that was, um, about, a, about, you know, a year later, I was diagnosed with non-Hoskins lymphoma. Yep. Okay. And so, and we got about about 60 seconds. Uh, uh, oh, okay. Yep. Yep. And what I'm saying is that, you know, they took care of me yep. because they happened, they, they were there, they were staying with me. Yep. And so, you know, after that, I was like, man, you, you know, you know, unless I get married or anything like that, y'all can stay as long as you want. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we got that and we and we were a very close family and we got that we got that closure. So, um, well, man, you know, I know that your dad is proud of you. I know that he's sh- he's looking down on you and seeing all the success that you're having and all the accolades that you're getting. And I, I know that, like you mentioned earlier in the interview, that you would love for him to be here, for him to see it, you know, and y- he be able to partake and enjoy in it with you. Um, he is enjoying yeah. it. He's he's loving it. He's just watching it from afar. But uh, I appreciate you, man. I, I I love you like a brother, and uh, it's always nice to see you at uh, at sporting events. And uh, look, we won't see each other for about a week, but I'll see you at Target Center next Friday night. Yeah, 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 pretty much, yeah. I hope I did you well, man. Oh, man, you did awesome, man. Mitch McDonald, Minnesota Spokesman Recorder, joining us here on The Late Show. Thanks a lot, Mitch. All right, buddy. All right, take care. All right, that was awesome, man. That was emotional, and um, yeah. Anyway, let's break. I'm way, way over. Let's get caught up on some commercials and come back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, thanks again to Mitch McDonald for being here on the show. I truly appreciate individuals like Mitch and Charles Holman from the um, Minnesota Spokesman Recorder because they're grinders, man. They're grinders. They work hard. People at the smaller media outlets, they grind. They work hard. And I know all about grinding. Can't nobody tell me nothing. I worked hard to get here. Like from K-Fan to leaving the state and venturing out on my own and going to 610 in Kansas City and then coming back home, I know what it's like to grind. And when you have people that work as hard as they do, like Mitch and Charles, for smaller um, outlets that don't have the staff like some of the bigger outlets, like the Pioneer Press, like the Star Tribune. These people are so talented. They're photographers and writers, right? That That's why a Charles Holman gets the props and accolades that he gets for his coverage of women's athletics and athletics as a whole. But that's why, because these people are grinders. So I appreciate Mitch coming on the show. All right, we'll take a break, take a look at the local weather, and then when we return, Got to talk about this. Um, uh, uh, I'll just put it this way. Tiger Woods had a very cringe or the most cringe moment of the sports week. We get to that next year on the lake. Tiger Woods in the spotlight today and not the spotlight that he wanted to be in. Typically, athletes, they just want the spotlight to be on them when we're talking about what their actual athletic performance is, not the case. Tiger Woods apologized Friday and said he didn't mean to offend anyone by what he called a prank during the first round of the Genesis Invitational on Thursday. So this is what happened. After Woods' tee shot went 20 yards past Justin Thomas's ball, 
on the ninth hole. Woods covertly passed a tampon to Thomas's right hand as they walked down the fairway. Thomas, now this is where it drew attention, I think. Thomas immediately dropped it to the ground, and Woods put his arm around Thomas's shoulder as they laughed. So if if Justin Thomas probably and, and I'm not blaming Justin Tom Justin Thomas at all. I'm not blaming him. But if he probably just slides it in his pocket, nobody's even looking at what what's going on. But yeah, it got out. Okay. Um, and just to remind everybody, he passed a tampon to it. There's pictures of it. Like you can see, you can you can see it clear as day. Uh, like they zoomed in, but you know, I, you know what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 so when initially when I when I heard about this earlier in the day, I was like, what? what? I was like, Tiger, what? What are you doing here? Like, is is this supposed to be a joke? Because I at the time I was like, I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't understand. I was like, is this supposed to be a joke? And, and it, I, you know, it's a joke, right? But it's not funny. Okay, it's. Sexist. It's not funny, and I know that there will be those people that will say, "Well, you know, people get offended by every little thing." No, that's not this situation here. This is is something that Tiger Woods should not have done. Like it, it's it. There was no need for that. At his age, he should know better. Absolutely. And and, and being a girl dad, he should know. And and, and it, what was the point? I mean, I you, I, you, you I, can say you can say the comeback is well. The point was he was he was joking with his buddy, but it was like it was needless to do. It, it made no sense. It made no sense like, at all. It, like yeah, it it seems so out of place. It comes out. It comes across as sexist and gross and, and gross. It does. I, I just thought it was gross. Yeah. It, it just I, I was like so. Tiger Woods was asked about it today, and this is his his apology. Your joke with JT from Nine yesterday is kind of going viral. Can you kind of just explain your thoughts behind it? Yeah, it was supposed to be, you know, all fun and games, but obviously it it hasn't turned out that way. And if I offended anybody, it was not the case. It was just uh, friends having having fun. And um, as I said, if if I offended anybody in any way, shape, or form, I'm sorry. Um, it was not intended to be that way. Um, it's just. You know, we we play pranks on one another all the time, and uh, virally, I, I think this did not come across that way. But between us, it was it's different. All right, so so hold on, hold on. There's a couple things about this. So, it was a bad joke, okay? A bad prank, a bad joke. Yes, it just was a terrible. It was it bad. was awful. It, it was, was it was awful. It was bad. But this is what I I I hate this because. And Tiger Woods knows better than this. First off, he knew he should have known better than to with the, to go with the bad prank anyway. This is the second part of it that I don't like. He said, "If I offended anybody, you offended people, and you know it." I hate when people when they do something and it's offensive when they say, "If I offended anybody in any way, shape, or form, I'm sorry." Don't say if I did. You know you did. You're being asked about it. You offended people. Stop with the if I. Because it's almost like in a in a, in a small way, you're not acknowledging that you were offensive. See, I, when I hear it, I look at it th- the other way. Like uh, There were some things with Tiger Woods when he was younger and he apologized. 
I couldn't take him at face value. Like, I had a hard time believing that Tiger was genuine. I hear this, and even if he said, if I offended anybody, I feel like there's genuine genuine remorse, and he feels... I agree with like, you. I mean, he knows he shouldn't have done it, but... I agree say, with you, if, but why is there an if? What's the if? I think people are just so used to saying that. I don't think there's any... But any logical person, you don't have to be a scholar or rocket scientist to know you don't put if I offended people when the world knows you offended people. Like, that, this is dumb. Well, how should, should he have said to to those I offended? I he, apologize. No, he, he should have said to all of the people that I offended, mm-hmm. to my fans and, and those that look up to me and those that expect better, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I apologize. That was out of character. I should not have done that. It's that simple. I just did that on the fly. It's that simple. I, you don't have to put an if in there. And he's not the first one or the last one. There are a lot of people that say if. But the but to me, the if in a small way, I don't want to say it totally negates the apology, but it's almost like you internally aren't understanding that you offended others. I don't think it's that deep. I, I don't th- I don't think you're saying so. that if a person so you're saying that you're saying that if a person says if that they they a hundred percent internalize where they're wrong. Yes. Then why are you saying if I offended people? If you under I, if you understand if you understand the entire uh, uh, concept of what you said and where you went wrong. I just don't think if somebody says if I offended somebody, I apologize. I, I don't I don't I know. I guarantee you, if it was Donald Trump uh-huh. and he said something, and, and, and he said something about somebody of a transgender, and he said, "If your take would be different, it would," because I don't believe Donald Trump has a genuine bone in his body. Why is it different though between him and Tiger Woods? It's still if it's the person. Like to me, I look at Tiger Woods and apologizing and getting up there and owning it. I believe there is a genuine sincerity with Tiger Woods. What, that way, me, can I okay. ask you a question? Then? Yes. Let me cut you off. Okay. If you didn't believe that Tiger was that way years ago, mm-hmm. why believe it now? Then why are you giving him a pass now? I think that if if it's if it's and this is just me, mm-hmm. and you know I'm no Donald Trump fan, but if Donald Trump says if, why would it be any different than Tiger Woods? Saying if and you acknowledge and you said, well, I think that Tiger Woods years ago was was deceptive in how he dealt with people. Because, I mean, I we've all seen the change in Tiger, like we've seen the change in his personality. We've seen the change in how he handles himself. We haven't seen the the, the change in other individuals. That is who they are. And you know that you have to take some of those with a grain of salt. And we just got a, a text here as well. Somebody that agrees with you, Henry, you're 100% correct. So I'm talking about the, the, the if on the front of that. When I hear somebody apologize, it doesn't matter who it is or the, the, the realm. When I hear the word, hey, if I, if, if, if I offended anybody, I would... Okay, and here's a, another one uh, right here from Clark in Minneapolis. If has always been known as a uh, non-apology apology, he might have been sorry, but th- through the ages, saying the word if has been known as the it non-apology negates part, it apology. It negates part of it. That, I mean, that, and that's the reason why people have to stop with the if. 
They you just have to. Because it's almost like you're on the outer realm of the apology by by utilizing the if is what I'm saying. D- does that so if if something and this was, is for anybody. This right. is this is for people that I dislike. This is for people that I like. This could be for an athlete that I love. Right. I, I okay. So let's hypothetically let's say in the next you know two to three minutes we're talking mm-hmm. and something comes out of my mouth <laughs> and which by the way. I'm not prefacing anything, okay? But <laughs> you better I, not say anything. I have been known to say some stupid stuff, but if I if I, if I say something, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden the text line or you know somebody calls and they're like, "Hey, dude, that wasn't cool," and I and I come back and I open it up and I say, "Hey, if I offended anybody, I'm sorry." Or even if nobody calls, even if nobody says anything, next segment, hey, if I said it and you're offended. I apologize. I think that in 2023, people as human beings should be smart enough to not do that. This is how I would, how I would do it if I was you. Okay. Coming back from break, uh-huh. I'd be like, hey, um, I said something. I feel horrible about it. Um, I should not have said what I said. I want to apologize to, to the people that I've offended out there. Cause, because what you're acknowledging is, is that somebody on the text line or somebody that called in the break – they called you on it. But what what if, what if they don't? Like, what if I don't get any response and I realize myself, okay, that was not cool. Or if you say something to me, if, if, if we come back, does that make what I say less genuine? What you say in that regard is this. Okay. Man, you're making me out to be Professor Lake. <laughs> you say in that particular instance, you say. Pronouns, look, verbs, adjectives. I, I said something um, last segment. I thought about it in the break. Uh, I wish I hadn't said it, and I may have offended somebody out there, okay. and I apologize for that. Okay. And you you got all the bases covered, whether yeah. you actually offended anybody or not. How do you how do you say that? I'm write that down. Let's go to break. No, no, no. What I am, if I see, why are you trying to play dumb? See, see, see this. See, this is what I have to deal with, people. Six five one four six one nine two. Oh, there's six. no playing. Gosh, I got to deal with all of this. Break. Um. No. Yeah, you, you, we'll break. We'll wrap up the hour. I know we typically do headlines here. But let's move headlines to a little bit later, uh, and we'll wrap up the sh- wrap up the hour here on the Lake Show. Just call me Professor Lake. Moving forward, I'm trying to help you, man. Trying to keep steer you clear of danger. You're gonna walk into a situation one night and just oh gosh, I'm not gonna be able to be here to to hold your hand. I I obviously need a lot of guidance. I may have offended someone. I might have offended someone, and I, I'm I apologetic for that. I'm sorry. For those who may have been offended, is that also not good? For those that for, that may have been offended, is that is that also taboo? So you're just saying, hey, for, I messed up. I, I would say for those that I offend, because the. It's safe in saying that when you say certain things like that and it kind of triggers in your head and you like you kind of know you're, like, you're like, trying like, to you're like, trying like, to circumvent yeah because because yeah. What, cause you said you said well if, if I get into a commercial break and I and I said something wrong well you kind of know at that point that you got to get your act together you got to you know you kind of yeah kinda people get your act together Christopher Tubbs a guy with this <laughs> yeah. act together is Matthew Collar for Purple Insider. Will Brian Flores get the Vikings act together? We'll talk to him next. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 